Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinab. Hi, this is Lily and today we are speaking with Ev Roth. Sometimes in life we choose a path and move along it with intent and even success, until something touches us and throws us off this path, challenging us to the core and forcing us to go back to our roots and choose the direction we should have followed from the beginning. This is certainly the story of Ev Roth. She studied child psychology as a young, aspiring student and quickly changed direction, becoming a leader in marketing communication over her 20-year career until an event changed her life. In 2008, with the birth of her son, she realized almost immediately that this little shining light was different from other children. He didn't fit into any standard and was not able to blend into traditional daycare or school environments. Ev began to advocate for her son, learning about every nook and cranny within the standardized school systems that exist today learning that today over 64% of children experience some exceptionality and the system must change to adapt. Ev set out to create a program that would offset what was missing in today's antiquated school systems in order to help develop a system to ensure success to the next generation of children. It began with a program Thrive Kids, that over the last year has found enormous success and created a community for others that have been challenged with finding programs that help kids gain independence over their bodies and minds through physical and mental development. The core program integrates vigorous exercise, engagement and learning, mindfulness, and a program called Food is Fuel. Ev is now embarking on a new venture that will shift the educational system as we know it today. Apex Alternative, Unschool, will incorporate the Thrive Kids program and allow children with exceptionalities engage and learn beyond unimaginable learning possibility. Welcome, Ev Roth. How are you? I'm excellent, Lily. Thank you so much for having me. So we're happy to have you on our podcast. As you know, this podcast takes us on a journey to master leadership. So are you ready to pour into our listeners? I'm excited, yes. Awesome. So Evelyn, can you tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now? Well, my path to leadership is very interesting. So it started out as studying, I think, what was stream of consciousness, my future path with psychology. So I went through and received an undergrad and a graduate degree in psychology, studied pediatric psychology, and then basically left the field to go into, of all things, marketing. 
I really enjoyed it. However, I think I always had a craving for and desire to work with children. And so it's full circle. So what pulled you into marketing? What pulled me into marketing is I have a great deal of creativity. And I think for me, it was an excellent blend of using that creativity combined with my left brain or business sense. And I really enjoyed combining those two skills. And I really enjoyed statistical analysis and demographics, psychographics, and learning more about our populations and how people think and how they buy and all of that sort of trending was very, very interesting to me. I can see that connection because in marketing, you have to really look at and discern all that information and find the pain points and how can you address those things. Absolutely. It was incredible because I've gone through technology companies and the networking companies. And then in the end, the last and probably best experience I had was working for the biggest funeral and cemetery company in Canada. And when I looked into how do we change this paradigm, it became so fascinating in terms of how do people actually make decisions like end of life, memorialization and those sorts of things. So it's always been interesting. And now working with children, I find it very fascinating, you know, how parents make decisions, what's really important to them when it comes to their kids. So it is sort of full circle. And what are you doing now? So currently in the last year, we launched a company called the Thrive Kids, T-H-R-I-V-E, Thrive. And in learning about what my own son likes, my son was diagnosed with ADHD few years ago, and it was really difficult for me to find programs. His school was creating challenges for us because I think in the U.S. and Canada, there's a lot of challenges around ADHD, and you hear about behavioral challenges and the ratios being really high with kids and their teachers. So for me, it was really important to address the entire body. Kids were punitively being punished for behavioral challenges while exercise was being removed from their curriculum. So I created a safe space for kids to grow independence over their body from head to toe and grow confidence. Mm -hmm. So we do circuit training and parkour and all sorts of different types of activities. And then what led to my new venture, which is Apex, which is the school, Apex Alternative, Mm -hmm. was basically that need to help kids grow independence over their bodies from head to toe. That's so interesting. And I love the name Thrive Kids, is that correct? Yes, that's right. You know, I have a connection with Cameron Brown. He's the one who referred me to you, and his company is called Thriving Collective. So is there a connection there? There isn't, but I found that really interesting too. And I think that it's a new paradigm because, you know, we want people in our society, in our communities to thrive, you know, to be the best that they can. And this is what led me to using that nomenclature for our kids as well. So it's a unique and wonderful connection with Cameron as well. Great. Now, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I say that it was mentoring, you know, coaching, if you will, categorically. Mm -hmm. So I've had along the way, I'm a very independent thinker and I like to work independently, but I've realized the most important thing in any business, I believe, and I'm sure you'd agree, is really working with people and how do we do that? So Mm -hmm. what I try to do is think back to my own youth and what was missing. And for me, what was lacking was mentorship. I really Mm -hmm. wished I had, you know, a mentor who could 
help me with all of my ideas and how to execute those strategically. So what I try to do with my own staff is really look at what is it they enjoy doing, what is it they want to do long term. If they don't know, then helping them to get there and really coaching them and mentoring them through the process of if you want to learn, I'm here for you from A to Z. Like if you really, really need to understand how entrepreneurship works, ask me. You know, if you want to understand how to work with kids, ask me because I'm considerably older than my staff now and it, I do have those experiences to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's really their willingness to listen, right? So I'm here for them and I try to map their desires and passion to what I'm going to give them in terms of tasks throughout the organization. And it sounds like you value your staff and you add value to them. How important is that as a leader? I think it's the most important thing. People talk about the new generation being more on the soft side. And I think this generation that we're working with, it's really important to build those relationships. You know, you have success and failure in your career. And some of my failures have been not listening and not giving them more of the soft side of a relationship and thinking old school in terms of, you know, I am the boss and, you know, you're working for me and you're getting paid, but you can't think that way anymore. I think it's about building relationships and being able to work together as a community. And that has really paid off. And I think that the staff I have appreciate that we have a relationship, we have a mutual respect, and it just works better in the work environment. Thank you. Now, Evelyn, which quote or quotes about leadership speak to you and why? I would have to say that the most important quote to me is more biblical. It's more, you Mm -hmm. know, respect others and you will be respected as well. And I think that that comes from not just an adult point of view, but also when it comes to kids. I think one of the things we're lacking in the school system is changing the paradigm so the next generation as well understands that they are respected as little human beings and that their opinion and their creativity is going to be seen and heard. So hearing them is really important. So we do unto others as they would do unto us. The golden rule, Um, yeah. The golden rule, yeah. And it really Mm -hmm. does work. And, you know, along with that, we use touch therapy. We don't touch unless requested, but we feel that just, you know, being human with others is super important. Mm -hmm. So we'll touch an arm or we'll rub a back. These Mm -hmm. are things that, you know, schools have strong, you know, liability issues and, you know, it's getting kind of out of control in terms of not being able to really care for our children in any environment. So we try Mm -hmm. to do that as well because we would like that ourselves again, full circle. Mm When you mentioned that your son was diagnosed with ADHD, so was my mm-hmm. son. He's 15 years old now, and he has struggled academically. But it's interesting because socially, emotionally, he's at a higher level. Like, he can tune into you like nobody's business. Like, he can read my emotions from across the room. It's like a gift. Oh, it is. Um, it and, really is. And he really primes me. He primes my leadership and who... I am in this world and looking to help him develop as a leader, not just a good student or to fit in a box, but to develop as someone who values other people and adds value is something that I strive for. 
And I appreciate people like you who continue to think of ways to help parents, to help educators, to help students with exceptionalities and adults with exceptionalities because, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. as I get older, I swear there's a thing called ADHD brought on by severe multitasking. (laughs) What do you think? Either that or you have the ability. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's called burning the candle at both ends. You think? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and, you know, that's interesting you say that. And I'm sure you had a challenge finding programs for your son when he was a bit older. Mm -hmm. And I have too. So, you know, we do everything from theme, science, technology, engineering, arts, math, to social skills, life skills, stewardship, Mm -hmm. everything. And it sounds like you've done a great job with him and he's come through it. But um, I think a lot of these kids need to sort of learn how to be Renaissance kids in a very unique and different way that speaks to them and their abilities. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much, Ev. Now, Ev, what type of leader are you inspired by and why? I would say the same type of leader, someone who listens, someone who Mm. acknowledges when someone has their own value to bring and doesn't dictate necessarily based on their own experiences, but what you need and what you're looking for. It's a little bit about that intuition, sort of like your son can read you. A leader Mm -hmm. can actually listen and read you, I think. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. know how you feel about that, but I think it's really important that they listen and hear you more than dictating to you what they think you want to learn, because I think everybody has a different need to learn unique things. It's not as though everybody can write the book in the same way. And, you know, I find that the intuition that you're talking about can be learned. Some people have this misconception that you're born with it. And some people have a higher level of intuition, yes. But I think it happens, and you said it, it happens when we really intentionally learn to listen to others, to add value to others. Then we can grow that. But it is a practice that we have to put forth. Absolutely, Molly. That's great advice. So speaking of advice, what's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, my goodness. Well, it goes back to burning the candle. I think really the best advice is to treat yourself well and to learn to balance, something I don't really do enough of, I think, but I'm trying to learn that. So I think what's really important is that we do balance, especially when we're raising children and, you know, running a business, managing a business, teaching. I think it's really important to take breaks and to really enjoy and take care of ourselves as people as well. We have a big community here of parents who, you know, they've had a difficult challenge with the kids or, you know, one to three kids, some of them who come in and who are exhausted, who aren't sleeping, who are working full time. And I think, you know, that is a really big challenge for all of us. But I think that's great advice. Take time for yourself. It's like the airplane analogy, I think where, you know, they say for parents, you take the air and you breathe first and then you give it to your child. That was a really great analogy I heard. So when you're equipped to help others, then you can. And so speaking of that, you have a lot of responsibilities with Thrive Kids, with your new school. Parents are looking to you to see how you get things done. So what do you do on a daily basis to set your mind for that? I think I always think back to how would I want to be treated as a parent and how have I been treated through this whole journey with my son. You know, there was many sleepless nights, many tears, 
most of which my son didn't see, but the treatment of parents is equivalent to the treatment of children in schools sometimes. And I'm generalizing, I realize that. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes we're treated because our children have challenges in a very different way. And it's very stigmatic. So many of us are sort of challenged with that. And so I think the best thing that I could ever do is really build a community around these parents and really try as much to nurture the relationships with each one of those parents. I'll spend up to an hour or more building relationships with each and every parent and, you know, saying to them, my favorite saying is, you are an amazing parent. Because when I Mm. hear the journey that they've been through, I wish someone would say that to me more often. It would really build my confidence in raising a child because it's not an easy job, but it's the most important job we have. You know, you're very tuned into what parents need. That takes a lot of energy out of you. So what do you do Mm -hmm. on a daily basis to put the oxygen mask on so that you can serve other people? I'm still learning, Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to be mm-hmm. honest with you, but mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do is just do a little bit of mindfulness, which is what we teach our kids to, obviously, and, you know, breathing mm-hmm. techniques. I'm a very in-my-head kind of person, as I'm sure you are, where you need mm-hmm. just thinking time. So we now have some nomenclature around, I need some thinking time, and I'll tell my son or my mother who helps me out because I'm a single parent, I'll say, I just need some thinking time. In my own head, I'm going to take Mm -hmm. a break and then I'll just go and lock myself in my room and do nothing for some time, maybe 15, 20 minutes and just regroup and have a sip of water or whatever it takes. And this is the same thing that I tell the kids, you know, when they're at camp with us. Over the summer, we've had over 150 kids through camp. And uh, we basically say, hey, you know what, if things are getting rough for you, come to the chill room, which is a silent room. It's like a multi-sensory room. And they just sit Mm -hmm. in there and sort of semi-dark and just relax and breathe. And Mm -hmm. it's really helped the kids. On day one, they're very nervous. And on day two, it gets better and better. And you just learn techniques for kind of personalizing your own mindfulness moments. So that's what I try to do. It's certainly important. So thank you for that. Now, what does it mean to you to have a good team? And how do you build and sustain one? To me, it means everything. Because for us, we're a service industry, and Mm -hmm. the people that we have are the most critical. And the last year has been, I'm not going to lie, very challenging in terms of finding the right staff at the right rate, at the right kindness and empathy. And that's the most important thing. Because for our kids today, they really are sensitive. They're highly sensitive, more so than ever before in history, I think. That's because we make it okay to be that way. However, we really need mentors, as we call them. They're not teachers, they're mentors. And we really need those people, those folks on my team to be as sensitive as they are to their feelings and emotions, to their own feelings and emotions. And really building the team around that seems to be the best way for me to get the best quality team together. And we've managed to do that. So I'm really pleased. But, you know, I find that the people who are the best on my team, because we have every type of discipline from educators to occupational therapists to recreational therapists to psychology majors and more. I find the ones who are the most sensitive and kind and empathetic, the ones that I want on my team because they really listen to the kids, going back to listening, and they really, really do speak to them in a way that is respectful and kind. And that connects with them. Yes. And the first 10 minutes that you connect with any child 
that is the most important 10 minutes. And I do that with every child myself, but also my leaders on my team do the same thing. And I think that's the most important thing. If you do nothing else and your programs are terrible, at the end of the day, that's what the kids respond to. That's what people respond to. So it's really important overall. Our programs are amazing, but I think the more important value that we bring, not just with our programs, but with our school, APAX, is that we connect with every single child on an individual basis. We learn what they like, what they don't like, and that's what all of my team is trained to do, and it's wonderful. They're a great team. I love that. Connection is so important. Now, if our listeners wanted to learn more about your organization, where can they get that information? Absolutely. So they would just go to www.thrivekids, T-H-R-I-V-E-K-I-D-S dot C-A. So it's thrivekids.ca. Hey, leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. If you haven't downloaded your copy of the Master Leadership Journal, go to masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ to get instant access and begin growing your leadership with questions that have been curated by top-level leaders. I've also included some cool extras for you at masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ. Now, Ev, can you tell us about a challenge that you've experienced and how it shaped your life? I think this has been my greatest challenge is how do I overcome what my son is going through. I think that was the biggest challenge of my life. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know with your 15-year-old, but with my now 10-year-old, when he came out of the belly, he right away has been very active. So that Mm -hmm. hyperactivity that is associated with ADHD definitely was clear when he was one years old. He went to Mm -hmm. a daycare and the woman who had a daycare in her basement put up a barrier with pillows and chairs. And my son was the first one to break right through that barrier. Mm -hmm. So he has Mm -hmm. always been adorable. And you (laughs) look at him and think he was neurotypical. And he's always Mm -hmm. the teacher's pet for the first few days. And then they discover oh, wow, this kid's active. So Mm -hmm. I think from day one, you know, overcoming each obstacle as we went, getting the help, doing the research, recognizing that there's not a lot of programs here that are not government run, that you can't get into programs here because there's a waiting list or there's a full intake process. Here with our programs, we allow kids to, after that one hour discussion with the parent and a free trial, all of a sudden, you know, they're in a program and it's working. Within a few days, they're already feeling more confident. They're feeling loved and respected. So I think this experience with my son really led me to learn about what it is kids need. And I did research around exercise and how there's a connection from exercise to learning and engagement. And that without Mm -hmm. the exercise, at least 20 to 40 minutes a day, kids can't focus. So being that ADHD is associated and so is autism with focus and attention, it became critical that the body was a part of the type of learning that we do. So I think overcoming all of this with my son and seeing how he reacted to um, the pilot program that we launched last summer and other kids started to come in and I heard from parents, oh my goodness, after your program we went back to school and the kids are focused and they're attentive and their confidence levels have gone up. So I think overcoming that barrier of how do we get to that type of learning with these kids that have some exceptionality was the biggest barrier. And my own son being the biggest test site because 
you know, obviously you want to help your own children. You know, as a parent of a child with exceptionalities, I was focused so much on his needs. And as an educator as well, I'm a special ed teacher. So we focus so much on meeting the needs of the children that we forget that we too, as leaders, need exercise. Yes, no comment. But I'm saying that because this is where we're talking about leadership. This is where the rubber hits the road, you know, and we're getting down to the nitty gritty. So you said it, right? Exercise is important for our cognitive development, our decision-making, you know, all those things that we need as leaders. You tell me, how important is balance, is exercise for us to take care of ourselves? No, no, absolutely. I mean, we're drinking coffee, we're putting stimulants in our bodies so that we can stay awake. (laughs) We've got some hyperactivity going on, although it's probably centralized internally. I think we need to get that out. We need to get the toxins out because, you know, we're putting chemicals in our body. I mean, there's a lot of philosophies around this, but I think the most important thing we can do for our bodies and our minds is to exercise. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so even at minimum, you know, taking a walk with my son on a daily basis is a really great bonding experience as well as a physical movement exercise because it's really important, you're right, to be able to take care of yourself. And the physical piece of it is so critical. And by the way, I think it's a great experience to get them off the screen time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it forces us to connect on a different level. So I think, you know, Mm -hmm. even if you're getting outside and just doing something in the fresh air, it's, it's definitely important. And sometimes we need coaches to help us through that. I love to walk and I love yoga, but sometimes that hardcore sweaty exercise that I need, that I know my body needs, I also need yep. a coach to help me through that. Oh, <laughs> um, I know, me it, too. Yeah. Great. Now, Ev, can you tell us about one of your greatest successes? Well, I feel as though opening Thrive Kids in the last year has been my greatest success. And I think the barometer for that is really seeing the kids in our environment come back over and over again. Our retention rate is so high. I would even venture to say 98 to 99% of the hundreds of people who've come through the program in the last year have all returned. And so that to me is a great success because the kids come in crying and they go crying. They come in crying because they're insecure or they're, you know, scared to leave mom and there's anxiety around a new place and trying something new. And then the same day they'll leave and they'll cry that they don't want to go home. (laughs) So, So I think to me, that's a barometer of success. They love it and they want to come back. And parents are very trepidatious because they're like, what is this unique model that, you know, we've never seen before where they're doing exercise and they're cooking healthy foods and they're learning STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, and then they're going back to a parkour circuit. So all of this is amazing. And by the way, we don't just address the needs of kids with exceptionalities. Oftentimes, exceptionalities come in groups, but within Mm -hmm. families who have three to four kids, Sometimes it's a 50-50 split. You've got two children who are neurotypical and two children who may have some sort of exceptionality. So all kids are encouraged to come to our program. So parents are thrilled that they can bring all of their children and we're a unique, caring, integrative resource for them to come to. So we've got camp going on right now as I speak, and we've got probably a 70-30 split. 70% neurotypical and 30% with some sort of exceptionality from anxiety to ADHD to autism, you name it. We offer programs for all kids. So that's my biggest success, I think. 
Absolutely. It's a wonderful integrated program. What is it called and where can we locate these schools or unschool, right? (laughs) Yes. So Thrive Kids programs are in Toronto, near Midtown Toronto, near Yorkdale for people who live in Toronto or the GTA, which is the greater Toronto area, very accessible off the highways. And Apex Alternative, which is our new school, is launching this fall, which is next month, and it's going to be at the same location. So it's a 360-degree program. You can come in for the school and still receive discounts on everything else after school, weekends, camps, et cetera. So it's available year-round. And you can find more information at thrivekids.ca. That's correct. And the APEX information is there as well. So you'll just click on the APEX link there. There's a button that takes you directly to the school information from thrivekids.ca. All right. So Evelyn, many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners. What does that mean to you and what are you learning now? That's a great question. There's so much because when you're a leader, the more you know about life, the less you know. (laughs) I feel like every day I'm discovering things I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So usually it always ends up around people, whether it's parents or children or my staff. I think I'm always learning better techniques for making sure there's a balance of helping people in the role that they're in or, you know, learning myself how to maneuver around people in general because there's so many of us and we're all unique and special. And so I think that's always my lifelong challenge. I'm an only child. So for me, there were barriers for me learning this because, you know, that socialization didn't take place as much for me in the household. It took place outside of the household. And I think when you have like 10 family members, it's a lot easier to accommodate those skills when you go out into the real world. But for me, I had to learn them. So that's a lifelong struggle for me. And I love it. And I think it's interesting. And I'm overcoming my concerns or fears about it. But I really enjoy that. And I think it's something I'm always going to learn about. And I think people are the most important and valuable resource we have. That's so well said. And it is important to know ourselves because if we can't lead ourselves well, we can't possibly even think about leading other people. There's a lot of responsibility Ah, there. So true. Okay, so here's a doozy. If there were something you could change in education, what would that be? That's easy because I've been researching it for quite some time, and I think the most important thing would be to listen and understand the children that you're teaching. Now we no longer have the same paradigm of child. There isn't, you know, the kid that sits at their desk, does whatever you ask them to do and what they're told to do. So now I think what really needs to be changed is the way children learn and the customization or personalization around that learning. And there are ways to do that across the board. People think, oh, well, that's too complex. You can't do that. There's too many individuals. The truth is there's a lot of tools that work for many, many kids in the population, and we don't have to force them to sit at a desk to learn. And so I think changing the way in which we give kids opportunities to learn is amazing. So for every one curriculum item or activity that we do, we give two options to children. Children need options today. So what's really, really critical in the school system is to give children an opportunity to make their own choices and take a leadership role in the classroom. 
And that's what we do. So if we did that, even that piece of it more in the typical school system, I think that would be helpful to understand that you're not going to give everyone one curriculum and expect them to follow it. They want to take a leadership role. They'd like to make decisions or choices on their own. And those good choices will lead to good behavior and better learning. So give me an example of what that looks like in your organization. So when we write a curriculum, we write 52 pages of curriculum. For example, if a child comes in, and the first thing we always do is we meet and greet, and we give everyone circle time so that kids can just sit down, get to know one another, say positive things about one another, make introductions, etc. And so that's the first piece of it. If after that, they're not interested in doing our next task, let's say it's exercise, then we'll give them another option. You don't want to be in a group today, then why don't you go in your own space and do something else? Maybe you can do squats or push-ups or jumping jacks, or maybe you can help the mentor or teacher do something to prepare for the next class. So we always give them two options. Would you like to do this or do this? That way they're making the choice independently and they're taking a leadership role. So that's one example. And for camps, we do the similar thing. You know, if you don't want to do the catapult exercise, then maybe you'll like to do an art exercise. Every child has different interests. So maybe your son likes to do robotics, but my child wants to do, you know, an architectural design. So we give them two options. And we really get to know what the children like before we even develop a curriculum. So I think in a school, that would be a great option for kids. Thank you so much for that. Now, what have you read, watched, or listened to that our listeners should and why? I've got probably two examples of that. One is more on the left brain and the other is on the right. So, you know, obviously Dale Carnegie, big bestseller Mm -hmm. in every topic, but how to win friends and influence people. I think that's pretty consistent with what we've been talking about in terms of me and learning more about how to maneuver with people, how to work together, and how to influence them and be influenced by them. So I think that's a really terrific book from a business perspective. And then there's another series of books. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Law of Attraction with Esther Hicks and Jerry Hicks. Mm -hmm. They've written a series of books. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she wrote a book called the Sarah series. And I read that to my son. But honestly, I think I learned more from those books because it really illustrates how people connect to each other and magnetically to the universe. So I thought that was really wonderful. And it's actually something our kids could really benefit from as well. Thank you so much for that. Now, if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give the younger you about leadership? I think the best advice I could give myself is to listen, is to listen Mm. more and talk less. (laughs) Confession time. I started this podcast partly because that's what I needed to do. Wow, amazing. That's great. I love it. Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit more. You know, going back to your own personal experiences, being an only child, I thought my way, and I see my son too, I think some of us talk through empty spaces, and when there's a gap in conversation, we want to fill it. We feel that's the way to get to know other people is through our own experiences. But I think if we're just quiet for a moment and we listen... I think people eventually open up about their own experiences. And there's far more to learn from others 
than from yourself. So I think just listening is a really important thing, and I would have given myself that advice. It took me some time to get to that. You're there, so that's great. And you're helping other people, so I appreciate that. Now, Evelyn, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that we haven't addressed? I would just like to say that I think that, first of all, it's amazing what you're doing by pulling together educators and new and innovative ideas. And I think that we just need to be open today about what is available to our children and seek out Mm -hmm. the best solutions for our kids. You know, it's fit when you're looking for a partner, when you're looking for a business venture, everything we do, it needs to be a fit in terms of how you feel. It's very sensory. And I think find something that your children really, really enjoy because the learning is available to them no matter what. But what's really important is are they there in a place that is safe and accepting and that offers amazing opportunities for them to grow. You know, Evelyn, we've had hiccups in this interview. We've had to go from one platform to another and then interruptions. But what I do need to say is that your passion flows through even with the interruptions and your energy is so exhilarating and it's like a drink of cold water when you're really thirsty. And so I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. My goodness, thank you so much. That was wonderfully said. And you're awesome. What you're doing is really incredible, pulling everyone together. And I really appreciate and value you as well. I look forward to conversations aside from this podcast because you've had an incredible life as well. So thank you so much for having me. We hope to have you back again. And good luck in everything that you're doing. And we'll keep in touch. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.